everybody, welcome to another comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who is middle-aged Ninja Turtle with me today? Red Fox. <laughs> and just me and you today for this one. Middle-aged, oh man, that's thing. <laughs> we are middle, well we're 30, we're in our 30s. Yeah. Well, we're getting there. We're, yeah. well, this, it depends <laughs> on who you ask. Anybody younger would say immediately yes. <laughs> so, what we're here to talk about is we're going to cover another of the TMNT IDW arc, not Technically the third arc, because I don't want to talk about the second arc much, because there's not enough there for an episode. So that's what we're going to be digging into. There will be spoilers for the comic. If you hadn't listened to our other episode, we did a comic episode. God, depending, I don't know when you hear this, but <laughs> a comic episode 19. We did, it was published back in November 18, 2020. So definitely go listen to that one first. That will get you caught up in the new origin of what the Turtles comic is. So when you come into this one, you'll have a little bit more. We're not going to rehash all that. So I just want to point that out there. So in the, the arc that happens right before this, the one that kind of lead into the series that we're going to be talking about shadows of the past is called enemies old enemies new with the only thing i need to say about that before we dig into it is that mousers attack and hob gets an army and he steals splinter <laughs> that's really all that happens in that stupid arc it's yeah it's really it. it it's a, it's a lot more like building a new arc and new developments and, and they're kind of piecing everything together as they go and you, you see krang krang you see what krang actually is and krang is telling baxter hey come on get to hey. he starts threatening Baxter. Right. And, and nobody knows yet what his grand scheme is at this point. And, and actually nobody fully sees Krang for what he is. They just see like some tall humanoid, like built figure, but that's it. They don't really see that he's some brain inside that trench coat. And Baxter doesn't suspect why there's people walking around that are made out of stone. Like, no, that's, they just, you know, that's normal. Okay. Yeah. No, no questions asked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I guess he gave him something. He makes a comment where he gave them some kind of something that tr- made him stone soldiers. He thinks, but I thought those stone soldiers were just stone soldiers to begin with. That's what they are. Yeah, I think uh, that's just a, that's a race from Dimension X. I mean, when your name is Sergeant Granitor, that's, you know, you probably are made out of snow. Right. If you're in a comic book. Okay. <laughs> and then right before this arc starts, there's a really good micro issue. Did you read the Leonardo issue? Yeah. That? I read that in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, well, there's not a lot of dialogue in there either. No, it's um, great. I, I just kind of refreshed it, you know, like recapped it uh, before we started today, just to get refamiliarize myself with it. Still a decent issue. I mean, uh, one thing that I will say about that one is it's it's a callback to Mirage. That's an issue that where where Leo back in the Mirage days was attacked by the Foot Clan and and thrown through the like uh, sky window where where the where the Shredder returned back in those days. Very exciting, good issue, and that's where that scene in the first movie was based off of with Raph when he was thrown through the window. It actually initially in happened to, yeah, and they put him in the bathtub. It initially happened to Leo in Mirage. And, and this is a kind of a callback to that, except Leo actually escaped intact. And, and, uh, and he did meet the Shredder for the, for the first time there. I mean, there's not, this issue is just mostly action of Leo just fighting foot soldiers. But there were a couple of things that stood out to me. One, you kind of see like the fact that he's remembering his mother and their past life. And then he sees some old woman that's almost getting captured. And he, you know, almost gets his ass, you know, getting his ass beat and he fights for her. You know, he finds the adrenaline to keep pushing. I think that was cool too. And he freaking just kills people too. And yeah. He, he had some rage going on there and a lot of PTSD um, from his past that he's just now remembering. So you can imagine how hard that must've been for his character to, to like take all that in at once and then just, try to focus on top of it. I love seeing the turtles actually doing what the turtles should be doing and killing, not just hitting people with yo-yos or something. It's nice. Right. Like in this, he knocks down a pillar, just crushing all these foot soldiers. Yeah, death definitely happens in this series. And I think in a decent amount, too. Not to, to the case where it's overboard, but when it happens, it's it's meaningful. So my other question is, when he gets to the top of that building, is that Shredder that he meets? It is. Yes, it is. I mean, they actually cover that, and we'll get to that point. But in the final issue of this arc, they actually cover it a little bit. There's like one panel that... Okay, it. I I thought it was, but I wasn't sure because... He's just he just looks like a regular foot ninja, but he has arm arm plates. Yeah, I don't know if that was his version of like some disguise or what. Like nobody knew who he was anyway, whether you're wearing the big samurai outfit or not. You know, so I don't know what that was. And then he, and then I love the fact that he tosses Leo in a garbage can. <laughs> yeah, almost like another throwback to the first movie mm-hmm. with the garbage truck. Yeah, and I know like technically this is not considered part of the art of the of what we're talking about, but I I felt like it it. It goes in close enough that you need to, it helps to know it, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it does. I mean, it gives you some uh, some pretext before you know they get into something like that when they actually reveal he ran into their shutter initially. Yeah, I mean, and even like the way this arc starts, the first the first issue, or the first cover issue number nine has Splinter in a cell, chained up, and somebody with a syringe on the cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of hard. You know, it it doesn't take long for the for this this turtles comic to, to be what the turtle comics are. They weren't this happy go lucky friendly thing, right? And I I love that the IDW doesn't go anywhere near the eighty seven cartoon. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, thank God, because yeah, uh, I do love the eighty seven cartoon, but still. <laughs> and I guess the only other thing to mention from the old enemies new, which because it connects right to how this issue starts, is April met Casey Jones. Casey Jones brought April to the Turtles because she makes some kind of comments and he realizes that she knew the Turtles or something, I think. I can't remember exactly. That's not what they show in this issue, is it? Hold on. No, it, it's, right be, it's right before this. It shows that she's talking to them and they oh, say... Oh, yeah, they're, they, they're kind of recapping their, their origin story with her. Yeah. The usual. Um, yeah, she just happened to meet them in a totally different way than Casey did. Yeah, like, I want to... Because she meets Casey in the old enemies new arc where they talk and he's trying to teach her, or maybe the first arc, I can't remember, but she's involved, or, like, he takes her to go see the Turtles for some reason. And then she passes out, just like in just like in the movie. <laughs> and then it goes into showing that she's meeting the Turtles for the first time, and they're talking about how they have to get into where Baxter is, because they found the remote, and he knows the remote is Baxter, because he fought Baxter in one of the other micro-series to tie in more issues. Because, you know, comics want you to tie in and buy more issues. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I don't like Hob. I don't like him. I'm telling you, give him a chance. He's he's not as one-dimensional. I mean, he is currently, but he's not as one-dimensional as later on as they make him to be right now. Yeah, I just... Okay. I mean, I, I know you said that last time we did this, too. Yeah, I mean, when they start ramping up with the, the whole army that he wants to build, not his monster army, but the army he wants to build, and, and the rest of his team, and how he interacts with his team, and that he actually cares about that team, I mean, you'll see. He, he legitimately cares about other mutants. Just not these turtles? He's just currently. I mean, and he's he's just ruthless, man. He, and it's the way that he was kind of introduced to the world, so, you know, all about survival. Yeah, I can see that. And it's in this first issue, in this issue where you see him, where you see Splinter, like, in a cell. <laughs> and you have, because Old Bob Capture, and they're about to, you know, I think, tor- well, not torture him, but rip him apart or something, because they're going to dissect well, him. I think they're is the word they're I trying want. to um, grab a sample of that, psychotrophy drug or, or psychotropic drug that Baxter wants to give the Krang okay. because they want to do something with that when it comes to building his army. And there's your, your check, your normal scientist Chet again. Oh yeah. Chet. So <laughs> gotta love that name. Uh, he, he, there's nothing strange about him that I didn't look up last time. Like I shouldn't have. Nothing strange at all. Oh yeah. You, you messed up really yeah, bad with that. <laughs> you said something like, hmm, I was nosy. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a stutter too, which, I don't know, when, maybe they just gave that to him just as a character quirk, but they actually have a reason for his stutter, too, uh, later on. Okay. That makes sense when I know who he is. And then you, and I want to say that he does something in this. Like, he calls somebody else that isn't Baxter. That kind of gives you the illusion that he's working for someone else, too. Well, yeah, and I don't think it's, it's not this issue, is it? Hold on. I can't remember. I just remember, I remember seeing something like that. No, no yeah, point. it's not this issue, but he does okay. end up speaking to i believe somebody from the foot clan oh because he's that reveals to you that he's kind of being like some type of double agent in a way because he's definitely not part of the foot yeah not officially he's not any official member of the foot but he's he's working at stock gen and and against stockman and krang for his his own reasons which will be revealed later (laughs) way later yeah (laughs) yeah i mean he becomes a very central character throughout many of the future arcs. Okay. I look forward to reading those eventually. And it doesn't, and I like how you see the turtles, and like they're trying to figure out how to go rescue Splinter, of course. And I love the fact they grab a mouser and they start, they, you know, he starts messing with a mouser and that's going to be their, their ticket to get inside the place. Mm-hmm. I think that's just cool to kind of see them being creative. And then when it jumps back to Baxter, you see Stockman for a little bit talking with, with General Krang and you see in the stone soldiers and, it's very interesting seeing Krang like this because, again, we grew up. We grew up with a Krang in the big, you know, weird ass looking suit with a Krang sticking out in the belly. Like this is a much. I think this is a much more interesting take on the way to do him. Yeah, yeah, I think it is too, and I, I like that it's almost like a big reveal, some mystique 
ahead of time before you get to see what he's really like and what his design is overall for this series. Does Baxter think he's just human or something? He doesn't realize what he is. Yeah, I mean, Baxter, he's, he's a smart guy. I'm sure he, he, he might not think that he's human, or if he is, that he's some type of cyborg or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell with that, with that big trench coat. I mean, you can tell that the face he has is, is not human. Yeah, he got red eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I would sure that would be kind of metallic because that's more of like a robotic vehicle in a sense. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Baxter's not aware that he's a little little brain. A little brain? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think it goes that far. Or aware that they're fighting on a different world, a different dimension. They're not fighting on Earth at all. Mm-hmm. Which is still weird when they show those little scenes like that. I'm still very confused about what's going on with that arc, but that I know doesn't get doesn't happen yeah i mean it's it's all a build-up anyway so and that's the thing about this series is that even though you got one main arc that you're dealing with right at the moment there's a couple in the background that are always more than a couple building up in the background that will come to a head later okay i'll definitely have to i want to cover those eventually read read more this another time (laughs) but it's just this issue like also when you see this is when you first see like april sees casey put the mask on and get ready to fight because they 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 go to stock they go to baxter's place they're going to go break in the stock gym. And I like the scene where you have two security guards just sitting there, just watching the monitor. And all of a sudden, a monster just breaks through and they shoot it and nothing happens. <laughs> yep. I, I did get a kick out of that. And, you know, they, you see Raphael being Raphael throwing a sigh into a camera. That's just mm-hmm. like a very Raphael thing to do. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, in the first movie, too, he broke a light with a sigh. He's just throwing that thing everywhere. I mean, realistically, out of everybody's weapons, if you're going to throw one of them, his would be the one. Yeah, nothing. Else, nobody else uses really projectile type weapons, right? No, but it's cool to see like them working as a team and Casey Jones being a part of the team with the turtles as they're trying to break into this place and find you know Splinter. Yeah, and look how uh, fast Raphael you know managed to click with the rest of his brothers, even though he was like lost and missing for a little bit of time. It just seems natural at this point that even then they're still working that good of a team, and that's brought up in this arc uh, when they do face Shredder. And it's just cool seeing them all together, too. And, like, I think it's a very good... All the panels of them working together are very exciting, very well put. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 they do a good job of, like, showing the action. Well, the, the cool thing about this series, too, is that they they already know their roles. Like, the writers know the characters' roles, who they are, and how to play their strengths. And I think that's one great thing that this this the IDW is just done in general. They've been able to play to those strengths and and uh, make some good stories out of it. Well, it probably helps when you already you know wrote so many books in the past. Well, when you got over thirty years of history, you know. Yeah, they do a very good job of wrapping it up in here too. Mm-hmm. And then they fight like a giant robot in the end of this issue for no reason. Because back yeah, there's a, a giant, giant mouser. <laughs> With... Oh, it's a giant mouser. Kind of. Yeah, it's a giant mouser. Okay, that I didn't catch. Now I'm looking at it. Okay. With cannons. Mm-hmm. I like how there's a part where Casey loses his cricket back and gets shot and blown up. <laughs> Did you notice in, the, in the, a page or so later, he's got the, 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 sigh, the sigh that they're using with so huge. Almost looks like a damn sword. I wonder why they did that. Maybe it's just pretty, you know. Yeah, it does I look really big, though. Yeah, I just think it's an individual artist thing. Oh, look yeah. At, you know, later on, it looks a little smaller, but yeah, they look super long. Yeah, I think it's just that panel is just really... And just that, yeah, just all the panels in that area, just, they just make them look huge. You're probably right, just the way the art or the style they're going for those couple panels. And this is where you see they run into Chet and Hob and realize Splinter is missing. Yeah. And you get a couple pages, you get a character that was, you first, this is where you first see Ky, Kari or Ka, Kyrie? Kyrie? Kari. Kari. Was she in the original comics? Uh, yeah, yeah, she was in the originals. Okay. She's all the way back from Mirage. Later on, though, I don't think she was in any of the 80s stuff, maybe early 90s. Because she's not in the early stuff I read when I went through. I, I stopped because yeah. I couldn't do it. Yep. I mean, ever since then, she's she's been a she's had some type of iteration in every reincarnation of the, the series. Hey, she wasn't in the 87 cartoon, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so at all. No, I, at least not majority of it. I watched back when I was a kid. And I never saw her before. I don't think she was in there. I think she played more of a prominent role in the 03. Yep. She's in the 03 one. Mm-hmm. And this is when you first see... Like you see her, you see the foot, and all I could think of when I saw the foot, like, these don't look like a bunch of teenagers hanging out at, at an arcade and, you know, smoking and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like the first early movie. 90s music. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you know what, what kind of kills me a little bit is that I guess we'll get to that later on too. But Casey, when he does face the foot in any shape or form, he can hold his own when these are supposed to be trained deadly assassins. I feel like he should be a little bit more out of his element. Hey, these guys get beat up a lot. So I... well, they do. And then the last page of this issue is when you see Shredder for the first time. Yep. Cool intro. And, and I can those white eyes. from the 90s movie. Oh, it kind of is from the 90s movie, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, it's, it's kind okay. of a throwback to that because I don't think they've introduced him in any way like this before. No. So, yeah, this was this was very close to that. And I could just hear that that dreading music in the background. Because they have Splinter tied up and then you have Shredder. It's it's really cool. It's so Shredder has white eyes. Is that just part of the mask? Well, I mean, it, it, when he takes that off, he's got he's got regular eyes. He's got okay, pupils. So it's part of the mask. I just think it, it's just a design choice. Okay. I like it because it fits with what you're, we're about to talk about. So, <laughs> yeah, they're trying to make him more menacing. And if you look at Splinter on the page before, he's at like all black eyes. <laughs> he's a rat, so I can take it. Yeah, it makes sense. Turtles have white eyes, so that's eh, just a thing, I guess. All the foot soldiers have white eyes, too, as long as they got the mask on. I mean, yeah. turtles, too. When the turtles take their mask off, they have pupils. Oh, I guess the bandanas come with white, I guess, huh? Little yeah, white yeah. contacts that go over the eyes on the bandanas. Yep. Standard issue, man. <laughs> So, and then the issue 10, that cover of just Shredder, which is what the art is for this episode you listen to right now. I really like this cover. Yeah. That's a really good cover of just Shredder just standing there. That's it. Just Shredder. Yeah, I would assume they sold a lot of issues when that one came out. It's really eye-catching. I mean, Shredder's always had such a cool-ass design. I mean, even back from Mirage days. So, yeah, I like it. And I think it it's pretty quickly that they realize... That is the that this, either Shredder that Splinter realizes that it's the same Shredder, it's the same Arakusaki from when he was younger. Yeah, yeah, it, they they both take some time to to recognize one another. I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, Shredder, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Which it shouldn't takes be the same. I mean, I also like but, the whole idea that the reason why he captured Splinter is because he's trying to get more mutants to join him, and he they cut Splinter free, and he's like, okay, you're gonna he gives they give Splinter a sword and want him to go fight some giant foot soldier. And you also see the other from the Raphael miniseries, Alfox or something's her name? Alopex. Alopex. You see her too, which I think is cool because she was only in that micro series. So if you didn't read that, you wouldn't know who this is, but it, it's cool to see. Yeah, they had a whole arc just built around her. And, and she plays, uh, I wouldn't say a very prominent role later, but enough to where she has a lot going on with her backstory later on. So yeah. to see her now is, is, is a nice touch to what you're going to find out later about her. More foreshadowing. Yeah, there's a lot of it in, in this arc in general. And uh, a lot of the things that, Shr- uh, that Splinter says, actually, um, a lot of his personal thoughts that you read throughout the issue plays a huge, huge role in much later issues down the line. And for anybody that, that's listening to this now that's read like issue 50, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. I have not. So I have no idea what you're talking about, but someday. Yeah, yeah. Just pay attention to those words. Okay. You'll, you'll see as time goes on. It, it's his mentality now and what he has to do that he, he realizes that, you know, during these issues that he must do in order for his sons to live, for him to live, whether or not he wants to do it. But they seen him fighting like this big foot soldier guy with a, I forget what that weapon's called. Is the one looks like a sickle on one side and like a ball on the other. Kunai and oh, chain. Wow. I think that's it. I think it's Kunai and chain. I know it's a Yu-Gi-Oh card, but <laughs> I, think that's I, think I think it's a Kunai. Uh, I mean, Okay, I I, I, I like seeing him fight. Or is that like, comma? That's a comma, isn't it? Hmm? Like it's called comma. No, I have no idea. I think that's what that is. Comma. I mean, it doesn't work A-N-A. very well for this guy. But. No, this guy. I mean, the muscles, all that hard work, and and <laughs> all that nothing. It just doesn't work out for you him. Just beat by a rat. He's like you just see a panel of him getting kicked in the face by Splinter's foot and the claws right in his right in his face. Yeah, that you know, would have to suck. I like how they just want, and Shredder's like, okay, you won, kill him. <laughs> you know, this guy's been loyal and fights for me, but he lost. Kill him. Oh, yeah, every every foot soldier, and and they know this going into it, or at least they find out during training, <laughs> that you're expendable. And and that kind of sucks. If if you're not allowed to leave the foot, can, the foot clan, you know, after your initiation, during your training, and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, you're expendable. Oh, shit, really? That sucks. I wish I knew that ahead of time. And you're stuck here for life now. Yeah, good luck. Oh, and, and it looks like I just looked up comma. It does look like what he's using, by the way. Okay. I'm sure, yeah, the reason I, yeah, Kunai and Chain, I'm pretty sure it's just uh, 
a Yu-Gi-Oh card at this point. Kunai is like the little throwing like knives. Yeah. I forget what the card did, but I know it enhanced creature with a blade or something like that. <laughs> I remember oh, using God, it back when we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh a long time ago. Man, that was a very short phase. Yes. <laughs> at least for me. Me too. It didn't last long. And just seeing like, and you have the turtles that are in the van being brought with April to her antiques antique store. Hmm, another reference to the old comics and the movie. Okay. And you have Baxter fighting with Hob because he failed. And this is when you hit, like I was talking about earlier, this is when you see Chet on the phone, which I didn't realize he's talking to the foot, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine who. Like, I, I don't think a lot of these assassins just carry cell phones on them like that, but you know, they have their ways. Someone probably has connections. Yeah, I mean, it's the modern day. They got Somebody's got to stay up, up to date. I, I do love seeing them in the antique store, and then you have Michelangelo. He's like, look, a Silver Century number one. You know, he pulls out a box of oh, comics. Yeah. It's just, it's it's funny. It's really One thing funny. I want to mention, while they're in the van, if you notice, there's a ton of arguing going on. And Donnie, and I like this about him, I think I mentioned this before, that he he starts to question all this, quote, cosmic garbage. Like, he can't, he can't stomach it. Even though they've clearly been, like, re- reincarnated and things like that, he, it just doesn't make sense to him and he's going to challenge Leo and anybody else that brings that kind of stuff up because it just challenges his logic. And I love well, that a, about his character. He's a down to earth more character or nor technology type character or something like that is very hard which makes sense it's very hard for him to accept. Yeah, if, if something doesn't provide hard evidence for him, he doesn't want to hear it. You know, it's not that he won't listen to it or, or anything like that, but if it cannot be proven it's not necessarily worth worth his time i mean even, even the prospect of the foot clan being real he's like i, I don't i don't want to hear that you know it's some ancient ninja garbage that <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore even though leo has seen them firsthand but i like that and i and i it does it does happen where there's some contention between the turtles you know throughout the series i do like it here especially with that that donatello trade i i wish that he kind of kept that up as time went on but he doesn't necessarily Okay. I didn't think about that, but you're right. That does kind of tie all into it. And I like when April and Casey are leaving the van, you see somebody with purple hair watching the van, which, you know, the spoiler, the, the, God, what word am I looking for? Is it, you know, the attraction to get you the next, the next issue? Yeah. The, the cliffhanger. That. Stinger. That's the word I want. And then Splinter is told to execute the man, but he won't, he won't kill the guy he just beat. And I think this is when Shredder takes off his, his helmet and this is, I think this one, you know, this is, right before he realizes who they are, they both realize that it's Amato Yoshi and Arakusaki because of something he said. Yeah. I think that's, it's not explained in this arc that, because she introduced him as her great grand, her grandfather, but this was like the 1800s or something, I think, or 1700s. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, even longer than that. So I, I think it's just a generalization because what is she going to say? Great, 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 great grandfather, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I, I think it's a generalization okay. of the term. They don't explain how he's here, though. They will. Okay, it's a different arc then. But yeah, it's 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 later on. Uh, a lot of side arc with that. The what is that that called? Like um, secret history of the Foot Clan or something like that. When you get there, shit gets very interesting too. By the way, okay. so look forward to that when you see that. And since I know you have the reading order, does this jump into issue eleven, or does it jump into the Splinter? Or they happen around the same time? The Splinter miniseries. Let's see, I got it. I got it open here. Okay, because both of them are kind of like this, have to deal with the same thing when yeah. it's fighting. This one leads into the Splinter one. Okay, because so what happens is is after he sees the Rakusaki and they realize who they are, and since he won't kill the guy and he doesn't want him anymore, <laughs> he doesn't want a mutant, he tells his foot soldiers to kill him. And you have a mini, a mini. well, the main issue keeps going, but the mini, the mini issue, or micro series, kind of ties into this, and it really talks about more of their past, whereas how Splinter, well, one, it's just Splinter just fighting constantly foot soldiers and then reminiscing about how he met his wife. Yeah, it just gives you more backstory on Splinter, period. You know, like you said, his wife, what happened to her and all that. It's it's an important issue, I feel. If you miss how it, she helps you, calm him down and yeah, it shows him as a ninja with Arakusaki trying to go to assassinate somebody. And for yeah. some reason, when I saw him jumping around, hiding in in the in the in the wall in the bushes and stuff and all I could think of was Obo Obo the ninja. How did I know you were going to bring that up? You knew that was coming. Um, Come on now. Oh man! But you know the cool thing about you bringing that up is that when I do read about the Foot Clan back in those days, like I think about the music from that game. 
for those that don't get our reference, we're talking about Live a Live for Super Nintendo. <laughs> A game that most people probably yeah, don't know what the hell I'm I talking about. I have no idea what that is, especially if you're not our age. And plus, I thought of Tenchu a lot too. It reminded me of Tenchu, seeing him in the in the robe trying to go assassinate people and getting and not going so well. Yeah, it's all kind of based off around the same yeah. time period, anyway. So, I, if I remember correctly, that happened to Tenchu too. If you went to go attack people and they saw you, it wasn't going to end well. I never played Tenchu. I remember you playing Tenchu. Oh yeah, I loved it. I mean, it was very dated control wise, but yeah, it was. It was good. It's just cool to see. It's cool to see that you see Splinter, who he was all that time ago. And you see how, like, the thing with Arakusaki, how they were sent to do a mission and Shredder kind of betrayed him, sort of. And you had him sent him to go kill the guys by himself and then went and did other things and they almost failed. Mm-hmm. And it also shows, again, how he defied Arakusaki in front of everybody and he paid the ultimate price. Yeah, and I like that that uh, his wife, they elaborated on her a little bit more, too. By giving her a role like to calm him down, to change his personality, to make him someone different. And later he talks about her in, in the last issue of this arc, and stating like how parts of her are shown within his sons and, and they remind him of her. It's really good. Like all the different things that they each each have, they're, they're all unique parts of them. Yeah. Their mother, which makes sense. And he, show, and he talks about how she was the one that helped calm his anger, but then when she was gone... The anger was, you know, able to run free again because he didn't have her. Mm-hmm. It's really it's cool to see because you get more than her just being the, a character, you know, a mother and without any backstory. Like you get more to this character. You get to see this character. It, this should have been like a except the art. The art kills me, but that's just different artists. I don't like the style for the um, Splinter micro series. Micro. Yeah. I don't like the way he draws Splinter. Um, yeah. Uh, Yoshi in human form, too, also looks weird. I mean, again, it all has to do with what kind of art you like. There's nothing wrong with the art. I just don't technically like it. Yeah, well, I, I will tell you, like, a lot of the art of the turtles, though, I, I, I feel is a little weird to me. I feel like their heads are way too elongated. In the regular comics? In the uh, main series, yeah. Like, well, okay. at least during this arc. I mean, later on, there's they take all different kinds. Like, even where <laughs> I'm, I'm at now in the series, I'm not going to get into what's going on. But they, even their outfit takes a change, at least in the 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 uh, issue that I'm at, and it's it's yeah. a little weird to get used to. Yeah. Well, different art, you know, different artists, but I, I like the last line of this little micro-series is, do you remember what I promised you when he's talking to Shredder <laughs> about when he killed him yeah. all those years ago? It's it's pretty badass. And then this jumps you back into the main series where you see him, well, I mean, it kind of all happens at the same time. With there, he's again, he's it starts out with him fighting the Foot Clan, which you just saw a whole issue of him just fighting tons and tons of Foot Clan. One last thing about the last last issue, yes. I do like that they show him with his sons again um, yeah. in human form. A little bit more character development there too. He lost his cool on his kids and then made up for it. I mean, it's is Raphael though, right? That he lost his cool on. Yeah, it, it is Raphael. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As you can tell by his color coordination. <laughs> I think it's funny that the kids are all wearing like orange, blue, purple, and red robes. Yeah. They just but again, turtles. He gave them the same bandanas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with it. I don't really want everybody wearing yeah, red yeah. where you can't tell in a black and white comic. You don't know who the hell is who. Right. Yeah. That, oh, man, that was so hard to deal with. The Mirage. Mirage is hard to read. <sighs> Most of it. I've tried. I have tried they to got, read a bunch they of got Maybe two, three good arcs that I, I mean, I didn't read the whole series, but in the, amount that I did read was like maybe two, three arcs that I really enjoyed and they were short and then everything was just outrageous. You could tell Eastman and Laird were just having fun doing whatever the hell they wanted. Well, they were making, they were printing money. Oh, the hundred percent. I mean, comics were a little different back in those days. Yeah. Was the, yeah. Eighties and nineties were much different than, than what it is I now. Feel like there's a better structure these days, you know? And it's, it's an issue 11 when you first get introduced to the purple dragons, which well, I think that they they start off this series, I think, with the Purple Dragons. Oh, they fight them in the yeah, beginning? I think so. I think I, thought, um, I remember our, our former podcast where we... I want to say they were fighting Hobbsmen. There were no Purple Dragons, though. I thought there were Purple Dragons there. I'm pretty sure there was some in there. If not, then this is the first appearance, but I I'm pretty think... sure they might have been in there. God, I can't remember. It's been a while. We recorded this in June, not when you're going to hear this, but we recorded this in June 2021, and we recorded that in, like, September of 2020. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, so I can't remember like what it was. I don't think they were. I think it was just Hobbsmen they were fighting. I don't think, I, the Purple Dragons to me 
like I didn't even know who they were until the 2003 cartoon that has them in there, and that and that you fought them in that 2003 video game for PS2 Turtles. Well, that's was my first introduction to the Purple Dragon. I that's where I first remember them too. I know. I think they're in the original Mirage comic too. Oh, well, you know, maybe that's what I'm thinking about. They might have uh, made an appearance in the first Mirage comic. Yeah, I think they're in the. I think they're the first group they fight in Mirage, but then they weren't. They weren't okay. in the '87 cartoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. Then. So yeah, it wasn't they're not. The this is the first time you see them because the Purple Dragons in this are just like four people that you see. It's not a whole gang, really. Right. I mean, I'm assuming yeah, there's yeah. more of them, but all you see is just four. Like, oh yeah. I mean, as you go along, the Purple Dragons have a pretty big arc. As time goes along, especially with Hun and, and all that stuff, too. Oh, Hun's in this? Well, surprise, yes. <laughs> Spoiler for me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but I'm not telling you how or why that happens. And you'll once surprised. you piece that together, you'll uh, you'll be even more surprised. So okay. just be That's glad funny. you know he's in, but how is where you need to look forward to. Okay. I have no yeah, I'm I, I like how when you first like you see them they're at the antique store waiting on pizza. And this is when Michelangelo ends up attacking a girl, a girl with purple hair who's looking in the window. And then when he's grabbing her, they start fighting the purple. They start the, the gang comes up and starts kicking their ass. And mm-hmm. Casey and April show up, and then he also jumps around a splinter, fighting and killing foot soldiers one after another. Yeah, and you know I was kind of because they only show him really like slicing one guy. I mean, I don't think he really killed all of them, or if he, I don't know if he really killed any. He's, but I'm assuming they, they kind of allude a... to it. If you have a sword, I mean, yes, he's probably not trying to kill people, but you're going to kill some. Yeah. I mean, if you're one guy versus like 50 guys, yeah, you're dead. (laughs) Especially because I don't see Shredder going, can we get a medic? Can we get a medic over here? My my guy got hurt. No, I don't see that happening. I see him going, yeah, he's just going to, he's just like, that's too bad. You can just, you can just bleed out and see how you're a failure to me. Like, he ain't going to help him. (laughs) Because somebody got slashed across the stomach. I really don't see you fighting again. Right. You take a katana to the gut, it's over. Pretty sure. I wouldn't know, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, they just, you know, they, again, Splinter's a hero. They don't want to show you the heroes killing everybody, but it's it happens because it's a violent but, it, Even if he did, he's... Well, I, I wouldn't even necessarily call him a hero because even the Turtles, I think the creators and the characters themselves, the only person that really kind of sees himself as a hero is like Mikey because he he's into superheroes. He loves comics. He's kind of got that childlike, you know, mentality. Um he would consider himself a hero. Everybody else, not so much. They're ninja. And and oh, yeah. especially Splinter, who's lived that life, who who has been an actual assassin in a, in a previous life. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'd consider himself a hero, whether or not he, he now would like to be a pacifist. Okay, you, you have a point, because he does talk about trying, you know, because he doesn't kill that one guy. But yeah, I, I can see it. He's so trying to change other words, ninja ways. Yeah, he's got it in him. And, and when it comes down to it, he is going to kill if he's got to kill, especially if it's for the greater good. Or to save his own life. Yeah, That too. <laughs> I just, so it's it one thing, I mean, very comic thing, how they jump around with different fights, you know, through different panels. And then this is also when you see Splinter fight that Fox. Alopex mm-hmm. is her name? Yep, Alopex. It's cool to see that because I think he tells her, you know, to fight her own destiny and not, you know, not be with them. And Yeah, he's, he's trying to, in a way, throw some wisdom at her. Uh, and, and maybe even sway her, even if it doesn't work right now. It doesn't work very well right now. <laughs> Not at all. Besides the fact that she, this is the only life that she currently knows, and she's blindly loyal. Yeah, because she was abducted as a fox, put the mutagen on, and just kind of forced into this world. And they cover that later on, and, and you'll see exactly where she came from. They mentioned the Raphael series, but I'm assuming that was fake, because the narrator that's telling you is, not being honest. <laughs> it's not a trouble. Okay. Who's the narrator anyway? Like when you see the turtles fighting the purple dragons, they take out the purple dragons pretty quick. They have all like all four of them pretty much like tied up almost or not or subdued. I like that. Like the, the gang can't hold up to the turtles. Oh yeah. Then they shouldn't. You know, it's not like Casey holding his own against the foot clan. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing even stops the fight the purple dragon. Casey comes up and he's like, Angel? And he takes off his mask. Yeah. And that, that helps defuse uh, the situation. And she I says mean, that she owes him something. And I know, like, I, I'm pretty positive that they cover that later on, too, as, as far as, like, why she owes him. But they keep that up for a little while as far as that that relationship point between the two. And this is what I'm talking about. These panels right here that we're getting into, look how long the turtles' heads are. It, like, really bothers me. <laughs> okay, they are kind of long. You're not wrong. They look like thumbs. You know, it's really weird. <laughs> 
it doesn't bother me, but I, I do see what you mean that they, they aren't they're oddly shaped, but then again they're turtles, so this is like what Michael Bay would have did if he would have went with the alien idea. What he initially wanted. If this is Michael Bay when he's holding Angel right here where Mikey has her you know, his arm around her and he's trying to and he's trying to hold her, he you would have a you'd had a line going, Oh, I'm getting pretty excited here. It was Michael oh, Bay. Yeah. And then something would explode in the background. <laughs> and not Mikey. <laughs> uh, those movies. But it, it's it's very good, like the way they they do it, and it, it's cool to see. This is you know seeing Splinter fight, and I like how all the blood in this is black blood. They didn't want to draw the red blood, so whenever people get yeah, cut they, up, they don't black. do that in this series. As far as I remember, they don't do a lot of red blood in here. That's fine. I think at certain points they might, like you know, later on, but only to really emphasize a point. Yeah, you don't need to. So I'm I'm okay with that. But either way, they're showing how badass Splinter is everybody's on the floor and now it's just the two masters staring at one another and splinter just had to go through this gauntlet and he still <laughs> had in order to survive he knows he's got to stand here and be defiant yeah because even, even though, though you know his if he, body's he, given out on him even though he beats everybody he's still got one last per- you know it ain't over <laughs> right and while this is happening when the turtles subdued the purple dragons the purple dragons said that well, and, well, pretty much Angel said that she knows where the hideout is. And this is alluding to only one hideout. And it just so happens to be the one where Shredder is at. Which, they do say that there's multiple hideouts. Which I think is cool, which makes sense. Because the whole idea of the Foot Clan is this is, this, you know, huge organization. So it makes sense that they would have multiple places that they're at. That You know, it's not just a small little, you know, old warehouse where we have an old bald guy who has a bunch of kids that he abducted. That offers yeah, I mean, technically... I mean, at this point, I think it's centralized just to New York, but it's meant to be kind of a, almost like a global organization, right? And you'll see later on with Karai just how far that goes. Okay. It's it's cool. It's I think it's a good take on the Foot Clan. I like seeing the Foot Clan be a, more of an organization and not just, even if not like, even just New York, like it's the New York branch where Shredder's at right now. I just, it makes more sense than what, like, like the, tur- the first Turtles movie shows you. Mm-hmm. We get a different, whole different era. Well, I, I will tell you, being a, the Turtles '90s movie was meant to be. Well, it shouldn't have been for kids, but it was meant to be for kids. Um, you know, as a kid watching it, you you, you tend to relate more. Yeah. So it it made I guess a bit of sense when they did it that way for that, even though it shouldn't have been. But yeah, um, in the comics, no, they should never do that. I just I just keep like making jokes about it because it amuses me. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. It's not like I, the movie's great. I'm not like I'm cutting. I like, but it's just funny seeing like stuff you can tell it inspired it, and then the different ways they go. Because this is again when one of the creators making this, you can tell it was his idea and his thing that he wanted to do. Because mm-hmm. East, Eastman is involved in this, right? Yeah, that's the bald guy, right? Eastman. No, that's Laird. Laird. I thought he was uh, the one that. Which one kept? Okay, so this Laird is the guy that gave his, up his rights. Uh, yeah, Laird uh, sold his rights. Okay. I should know this because I watched the freaking video enough times of the toys that made us. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I forget every time we talk about yeah, turtles. You know I had to watch that. Oh, yeah, I watched it like three times right now. It's really good. And I like how the purple dragons take them to where they need to go. Like, I think that's cool. Like, you, you know, they take them to this warehouse, but they're like, we're not going with you, but we'll take you there. <laughs> right. I mean, the purple dragons, really, they want to look out for themselves. And besides their neighborhood, they want to look out for themselves. And they should. That's all they know. That's all they got. And then, but they went a little bit out of their way just as a favor for Casey, who's in a sense one of them. Yeah, because he's a kid that grew up in that same area, someone that had to be tough for the streets. Yeah. As I might talk about if we have time at the end of this, because I read that miniseries, or I read that one issue. But at the end of this issue, you have, like we were, you were saying a little bit ago, where Splinter is worn out. He's talking about how his body is tired and wants to give out fatigue, and he's taking out everybody but Kyrie or, and Shredder. And this is when Shredder throws off the cape, and the last panel you see is him about to go toe-to-toe with Shredder. And I, right. I really like that. When we do get into this new issue here more so, I like that they put a throwback to the original Mirage cover from the, the 80s. Oh, so that num- okay. Oh, that's, oh, I guess you mean the art style? Not the art style, just the uh, picture of them on that uh, rooftop. That's the iconic cover from the Oh, okay. 80s. First issue? Yeah. I didn't catch that. I was thinking of like the cover B because each issue has like three different covers. Yeah, it's just the uh, the main first cover. Okay, I see what you mean. I didn't catch that. 
And then I like the other covers too because this Eastman clearly drew one of them, which I like seeing that style just because it reminds me of back then. I don't like his art. <laughs> I, I like it just because it's from throwback. my childhood. But yeah, it's it's a nice throwback. Um, and I don't like full issues with his art, but I do like certain uh, stills or, or covers. one-offs. Yeah, not not even well, covers or whatever. Yeah, pictures. I'm very picky when he does something, but I'm very much an art snob when it comes to comics. I have to have a certain kind of art, or I won't be okay with it. Yeah, sometimes that can that can kill it a little bit for me, depending on certain series. And like when you see like you know if you see Splinter and Shredder fighting, Shredder pretty much almost kills them too. You know if they're fighting because he hits them, and this is when he kind of starts talking about his kids and what they did. You know what they did. And how, you know, he wants revenge and everything. Like, it's, it's just so cool to see them fighting because there's so much history between the two. And he won the panel. He even shows the whole scene of when he all four of his kids are beheaded right in front of him. Right. And, and when you if you try to, you know, put yourself in his position, Splinter's position, you think like, well, how would I feel? How much would I push? How much would, how far would I go if somebody slaughtered my entire family, including me? And I have the yeah. chance to do something about it now. You know, what would you do in that situation? And that's, I think, something everybody should ask themselves when reading throughout this on this art. I mean, that's really what this is all about. And that's what it really shows you. I mean, you even have a panel here where he, he, you know, Shredder's about to kill him, has him, you know, he's beating the shit out of him, puts up his claws and he just and the last thing he says is or Splinter's going to say, my sons are giving me right when you see a foot soldier or get thrown through the window and knock into Shredder, Uh which is which is great. Because then the turtles all bust in with and Casey the Jones. Heads, the long-head alien turtles jump right <laughs> in through the window. <laughs> you do got really big heads in this. And, and you being an art snob, I'm surprised that doesn't bother you more. When I'm an art snob, I think it's a, it's a certain style I don't like. The turtles, it doesn't bother me. What really bothers me, when I read a comic art and the art changes, like when you have a few of the fill-in arcs that don't matter, where they have they hire, they get different artists in because the other guy's you know busy getting ready for the next issues. Yeah. I get really turned off. This is always about the same art style, so it bothers me less. Yeah, I don't like art changes. If I'm reading art, I oh, need to stay. You'll, in art. you'll see that more as you go along. I mean, you're still oh, very yeah. early in the series right now, but you will see that change. Even sometimes during an arc, it'll change, and it's not. A, it's not. It's not bad. It's not a bad thing in most cases, but you will notice it. Sometimes it bothers me, <laughs> and I like this is the first time you see Leo fighting Kyrie, Kyrie, whoever her name is. Right, God, I cannot pronounce her name. And you see, you get to see everybody fighting. You get to see Raphael see Alapex again for the first time since the little micro thing. And it's just, and again, they have like they have the chance to kill Karai, but of course they do the right thing. They just knock her out. They don't kill her because they're turtles. Mm-hmm. Well, what I do like about that that part where Leo is fighting her, um, what the thing is when everybody rushes in, K- Casey, Leo, Raph, to be more specific, notice who they go for. Well, not Casey, I guess, but Raph and Leo. Leo goes for Karai, and uh, Raph goes for Alopex. There are arcs in the future to where they explore that relationship more. So okay. Leo, and which you see in you know some of the older stuff with him and Karai, they're kind of they got a rivalry going on because they're both uh, what tunins um, to their masters or the like next in command, uh, the main students. So they show that rivalry between them and uh, always try to match her skills. And in this case, Leo be- is her better and knocks her out. He doesn't have to kill her. He just betters her and knocks her out. And uh, okay. Raph doing his thing with Alopex. I mean, that, <laughs> that micro issue was uh, primarily based uh, with him anyway. And then they explore that relationship between between him and her as the series, go- series goes along. That's interesting. It makes sense, though, because they, they, they start out with that little bit of history with their first introduction. Yeah, so that's that's why they kind of put those together in this issue. I do like this next part coming up where uh, Don is over there trying to get get up Splinter, and Splinter is completely just down and out. And he's like, "Mike, we're gonna have to carry him." And he's like, "Whatever, let's just do this before this gets any worse." And he's like, "Oh, damn!" And it's like Shredder just stomping towards him. Well, you that see him cool like, just pushing foot soldiers out of the way. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about his people. Yeah, like I can just imagine that in a TV show or like a, a, a newer movie where he's just stomping towards them menacingly. And uh, that would be so cool to see. It's Shredder. <laughs> you know, it's just how he is. and It's, it's he, just a badass villain, man. You cannot go wrong with Shredder in any case. 
you get to kind of see something again. It reminds me of the first movie where the turtles kind of attack him one by one at first, and they each can't. Mm. Except it's not as dumb as the movie, but <laughs> the movie does it dumb, in my opinion. <laughs> but the way you see them kind of go at it, like you, you know, he ends. It, it's cool. It's I like the way they did that. I like seeing, and then they start doing like pairs, like. Michelangelo and Donatello are both kind of attacking them. Leo, you know, and Raphael, like, they're, they're still not attacking the team, but they're trying to be a team. Yeah, and that should be the way to over- overcome a guy like that, because one-on-one, Shudder should whip almost anybody's ass. Like, he can hold his own against, like, Batman, as you would see in the, yeah. the uh, that side the series. But the crossovers, you'll see him holding his own. That's a cool-ass fight. That that happening, whether it's the, the movie that came out or that comic, you see him fighting Batman. That's just super goddamn cool. We talked about it at some point on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, if he can hold his own with people like that, I mean, the Turtles should have to work together to, to take him down. I mean, that's kind of their thing, too, right? They're brothers. They're, they're a team. They should work as a team to take down somebody like that. Yeah. That's what makes it so cool. And you also have Angel show up in the Purple Dragons, but she comes alone because the Purple Dragons don't want to get associated with... Uh, Shredder and the Foot Clan trying to kill him. Yeah, they don't. They don't want to be targeted. Before we get into that more, I do want to notice or, or say, Mike says, uh, "Get Father out of here," and Shredder catches on to that. Oh, because he didn't realize that these turtles are actually the kids he killed. You know, a couple hundred years ago. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. I read it, but it, it didn't click. Yep. Yeah, because so, Swinner didn't tell he, him. He didn't want him to know that his kids yeah. are still alive. Yeah. So he he says, "Father," and. He, kicks Mike, and then he's watching Leo fight a foot soldier. It's like, fascinating. That's cool. So subtle, too, because I didn't even catch that, and I read and I read this. So that's, that's the thing about this series, too, especially these early ones. Like, later on, I don't think they do it as much, but these early ones, pay attention to the small details. You're going to miss a lot otherwise. Okay. And then this is also when you have, like, I think they do finally come together, and they take out and they beat down Shredder for a bit because they work together. And this is also when Leo ends up seeing Shredder and, he, and it's like a shadowy design of the guy he fought in that little micro series that we first started talking about. And that's when he puts it yep. two and two together. That's where the, you know, the reveal is that that was Shredder in that outfit. Again, this has a weird outfit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it too much. I guess they didn't want the first appearance of Shredder to be in a little micro series and they don't want to sell that one as much. <laughs> right. That's what it was. And and then you like I love seeing them fight and they break his helmet and they beat the sh- they they when they hit him together they take him down. They actually beat his ass. Yeah. Yeah. They break his helmet with a stick. Mm. <laughs> and the last thing they say to him is I like how Leo says I am unimpressed and throws a ninja star at him. <laughs> so do you get why he said that? I don't remember why. No. So in his micro series, Shredder said that to him in that other album. Oh yeah. That's when he drops him in the when he drops him in the trash can. Yeah. Okay. And then this is when, and then that, and then they all leave together with Splinter, leave Shredder there. They rescue Splinter, Casey, and Angel, and the turtles run. And then it jumps to Baxter and Krang, and Baxter shoots Hob. And then. Yeah, flat out just shoots him. This is like one of the only times <laughs> you will ever see Baxter be like that violent, especially on his own accord. It is insane. When I first saw that, I was like, holy shit, this guy literally pulled out a fucking gun. <laughs> well, because he's pissed off, because, I mean, he's failed Krang, and, you know. I like how Crane just takes him. They, they 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 show him inject something into his neck, and they just kidnap him. Yeah, and then they mention <laughs> Plan B, which we'll see what that's all about. Okay, um, and then and like the wrap up, I do like it when Angel's leaving the leaving the place with Casey Jones and April's like, uh, "Who are you? Hi." <laughs> like I like, like she doesn't say right, that, but like, she's like, I'm "What are you doing in my shop?" Yeah, like what are you doing with this guy that I kind of like? Like what's going on here? All right, I'm like, glad I, she's just not like some women and bring it up right away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I want to make jokes, but I'm going to stop listening. <laughs> uh, and this is when, in the last scene you see is April sitting with uh, Splinter when he's all wounded on the couch. Yeah, and it just shows um, with her, with tears in her eyes, and he brings it up too, but just how connected she is to them already. You know, that's how much of a bond, bond that they're, they're forming and how much she cares for all of them. Because realistically, they have nobody else. You know, the turtles and Splinter, all they have is each other other than these two new humans. Yeah, they're just, they're, I mean, they're alone, and they're mutants. <laughs> yep. Have you read the other two, do you remember the other two issues that take place right after the Sins of the Father arc? Not off the top of my head, no, I'd have to see it. Okay. Because I, I did read, which also takes place with the Casey Jones, I did read the Casey Jones issue, Microsoft, just because I wanted more turtles, which mm-hmm. kind of shows you where it has Raphael and Casey Jones out on patrol, and this is when you also see them fighting 
just random, you know, random idiots like loan shark, you know, just random people. And then they find out his father borrowed a lot of money from a loan shark and he actually follows the loan shark and then beats the shit out of them. Rafi's like, well, that seemed a little odd. Why are we taking out these people? And then he, because he had a necklace that his mother had given him that his father gave to the loan shark that he ends up taking back. And that's what part of the whole little issue was about and showing him doing more. And, you know, his personal, what he goes through. And he even says, like, his mother, the last thing his mother has said was to let him, his father couldn't handle the pain, so he had to be strong enough to take it for him. And that's why he takes all the beatings that he gets. Yep. Pretty much take care of her father, or his father. Which is a complete asshole. (laughs) Yeah. There is a lot to do with his dad in the future. Okay. I do want to talk briefly about the sins of the father because I'm glancing through them right now as we're talking. There's not much. That I should have included us to read this, but I didn't think about it. I didn't realize it was just a really, it's a filler arc. Okay. There's not a whole lot to it from what I'm noticing. It just looks like it has Kyrie. I said her name wrong, didn't I? Yeah, Karai. Karai talking with Shredder and how, you know, she's not ready for for Shredder. Like, she's not ready to lead the foot or be part of the foot clan, you know, because he, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's what it shows. And this is also where it shows uh, Baxter waking up where, you know, where Crane had taken him and he, he, he escapes. He sneaks out to a room and he finds all the brains in like test tubes. Or I mean, not test tubes, but like, like cylinders, let's say. Mm-hmm. All the like Utrons. And, and this is when he finally meets Crane and sees Crane for what he is. And he sees a little Utron. Mm-hmm. And it also shows Raphael confronting Casey Jones' father in some really, really bad art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the turtles period in this issue look like absolute garbage. Oh, it's terrible. Again, it's a fill art, so that's why you get terrible art. Uh, and well, Casey Jones' father, he's just such an asshole. Oh, but he's he, a complete piece of garbage. You get more, and again, I like how they sprinkle in so much about the past of the turtles. Like you in this issue fourteen, you see more of Splinter and his kid. You know, as he's confronting, and, and you and get more of. Honestly, that doesn't that doesn't stop. The, the more that okay. this series goes on, you see that that relationship between Splinter and the kids, and that and being that it's a father son relationship, even if they don't agree with him all the time, and where that goes, and how at times he might even have to discipline him. I look forward to reading more and seeing that. And this is when Baxter first sees what Krang is and what Krang's like portal and what's all going on. He talks about. I'm assuming it's not an accurate story what they're really up to because they're terrible people. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, what did he say? What did he say the reason was? Let's see. Utro Minin was once the most powerful planet in Dimension X, the central sheet of a thriving empire that stretched to all corners of the universe. He's not lying. It it was. So Utrominon was part of Dimension X, but they were conquerors and they took over. They were like the the, the Spanish, <laughs> you know. They took over everything and anyone. The Roman uh, Empire, yeah, kind of like that. Uh, they had the reasons. I mean, Krang's people, his planet was dying, and he did need to do something about it and relocate his people or save his world, one or the other. He he did have a lot of pressure on his shoulders. His his dad uh, before him didn't do the greatest job of that. You'll see all this shit as you go along, but in detail. But his dad didn't do the greatest job. And wasn't the Ended up not doing what he needed to do, so Krang took took the reins, and here he is, ultimately, in a way, trying to save his people. He's just not caring too much for any other people. Okay. And this is when you see the neutrinos, like, bust through the gate and try to kill him? Yeah, the neutrinos, and that's a big arc. You'll see later on. That is a huge arc. Is that the Krang War, or is that later? That's that and more. Okay. I remember them from, they were in the 87 cartoon, I think they steal a car or something. (laughs) Well, they, really they, later later on, they still got like a, a ship, like a spaceship. And you, you'll see this. It's like a side series, but it's important to read. And it's well, mostly they travel around in like a hot rod looking spaceship. And it kind of reminds me of the Ragnarok from Final Fantasy VIII for whatever reason. <laughs> okay. I do like that ship a lot. Of course yeah, same color, at least. And this is when it shows Krang is showing the te- he's showing Baxter to the Technodrome, and they're building the Technodrome. That thing just looks massive. Yep, Krang has plans of domination with that damn thing. He's trying to terraform. Oh, okay. So we'll see just how how and why and and all that as it goes along. But that's that's what he wants to do. Okay, and then he just has some more stuff with with Splinter and the Turtles and. Casey Jones, and then just kind of, again, I think that I, without having, you know, just give me through this from what I can tell, a lot of stuff to do with the father, the father. I would definitely, you know, 
sit back, read it, you know, just kind of. I will be. Get it in detail, but yeah, yeah, it's um, it's not a major arc at all. No, and that's why I should have included it, but I thought it because normally arcs are a lot bigger. But well, I I, well, if you look at it this way, the main points to take away from this arc are going to be the big Krang reveal, the Utrams and and their plight and what the plan is, and you know, just seeing that they're even here on Earth and you know what's going on. And I think that's important to the arc overall because that plays. And you also a big find role. out find out what. You find out that Karai, or her mission is to kidnap Leonardo because Shredder wants him to be his second in command. Which is a very big arc <laughs> coming up, too. So Okay. So, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot, but there's a little bit in there. Yeah, and, and then getting introduced to the neutrinos. So even though there's not, it's not a major arc going on right here, it, it definitely is a start to one because this Krang War, the deal with him and the neutrinos, I mean, that lasts for so long. They, they, they visit it, get the big main arc out the way, then they trail off into a few other things. Then they revisit it again. And it, it just does. Yeah, I, I think it is actually a very important thing to cover as you go along. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing more Turtle Comics. <laughs> Worth it. Because I need an excuse to read more of this. So, All right. I think that about wraps everything we need to say about the comic. Any last things you want to cover about this, this art? I, I guess only that it's, I love how emotional it is. You know, I, I appreciate the writing in that sense. And, how important it is for Shredder or Splinter to do what he's doing and how he internalizes it. I just love the emotion of the whole thing uh, from start to finish. So it's really about it for me. Okay. All right. And we'll go to shelf stack or box and I'll go first. This is going on the shelf. I, I really enjoyed this. This is a really good arg and it's a very good introduction to Shredder. I mean, there's some things that don't, like I don't really understand what's happening exactly, <laughs> but, it's very well done, I thought. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I love this their take on Shredder that they do here. And it's cool that he's from the past. That he's somebody who didn't die for some reason, which I still don't know why. But, you know, I'll find out eventually. Yeah, wait till you do. <laughs> eventually. I, I look forward to finding out. Well, I guess the secret history of the Foot Clan, where I'm going to find that out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going on the shelf. I'm really glad we read this. And I just want to read more now. Yeah. Well, it did its job, right? Yeah. <laughs> so me in. Well, sort of did a job. I didn't go buy an issue, but you know, I want to read more. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, so? Go, how about you, Rich? Yeah, I would. Um, I, I think you know my answer. I would definitely shelf it. Uh, this introduced so many central points uh, to the main story and, and important points to the story that I mean, you can't miss it. If you miss the stuff in this arc, you're missing out on a an important piece of the the entire series as a whole. So no, I would, I would shelf this for sure. Okay. Yeah, Cause it's very entertaining too. <laughs> Not to mention. All right. And if you enjoyed this, we did other turtles episodes too. We did a, a bunch at this point now. Well, not as many as I would like to, but we're doing more. And I'm going to tell you what those are in one second for all the, so as I said, we did the tur- teenage mutant Ninja turtles too. secretly used episode film 15. We did the turtles IDW origin comic, which you definitely should listen to if you haven't listened to it yet comic 19 we did the first film film 7 episode and we also did the turtles in time game on a regular episode which is episode 44 so not enough turtle stuff we need more turtle stuff but we have a few and that's what you should definitely go check those out if you have more of a turtle fix and you haven't and you just found our show yeah we need some more <laughs> <laughs> oh there's definitely gonna be more <laughs> i have more plans i want to read more of this arc too so or this this comic run so if you enjoyed this episode, go check out all those other episodes. And we do tons of episodes. We do games. We do movies. We do comics. We are going through the MCU still. Definitely go check out all those episodes that are on there. And I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Tony from ZP Bite the Song to Cool Kids Squad. You will see a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. And I also want to give a shout out to my buddy, Bill Tucker, who's on the MCU with me. He, he launched his podcast a while ago, A Gamer Looks at 40. So definitely go check that out. A lot different than what this show is, but it's a good show. If you need another thing to add to your library. And we have a Patreon. You can go find our Patreon down in the show notes and go help us out. For as little as $1, you can sign up and vote in our monthly polls that we're going to have. I don't know when I'm releasing this, so I can't tell you what's happening, but there will be a monthly poll. There is a monthly poll. So if you go check that out, you for $1, you can go vote. Please help us out. Throw us a dollar. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. You will see a link to everything in the show notes, so definitely go check that out. And I think that's all I need to say tonight, so we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>